Hi, thanks for listening to Extreme Encounter Ministries podcast. We pray that you are blessed and challenged through this time and through this teaching. God bless you, and thanks again for listening. Look at this, chapter 4. As we've been discovering, um, we've been in this process, I believe, of understanding um, identity, right? Understanding who we are in Christ. Understanding what the cross means for me. It's a personal thing. Take it personally. This is your journey, right? This is your journey. This is your passion. This is your God. Take it personally. And so as we've been delving into this understanding of the grace of God, of our identity in Christ, as we've been um, looking at what took place on the cross, that Jesus, Scripture tells us, became my sin, right? He became my sin, So that I could become his righteousness. Now that mystery makes no sense. That's why Paul said to the church in Corinth. And if you know anything about the church in Corinth. They were living contrary to being saints. And so that's why Paul actually had to write the letters that he wrote. Not once but twice. To deal with some issues in the church. Right? God likes to deal with our issues. And he's good at it, and he always does it graciously and lovingly, but he likes to deal with our issues. But Paul wrote to those, those churches, and he called them to the saints in Corinth. And they weren't living that way, but Paul was speaking to them according to the work of the cross. Because what the, wor- the work of the cross produces in me is it makes me holy. We live a life of holiness, and as we understand who we are in God... That work, that holiness should come out of us. It should produce lifestyle. It should produce the way that we live. But holiness or being set apart is not necessarily a process. It's instantaneous. When you receive what Jesus did, you are instantly set apart. Instantly. And from that place or from the position of identity in Christ that he took our sin, so I'm righteous now. From that place, right living will come out of me. And that's how we live it. So Paul's writing something here in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards of the mystery. You are a steward of the mystery. Do you know that? You're a steward of the mystery. We're going to look at that word steward to find out what it means. But you and I, we are stewards of the mystery. What does Paul call the mystery? Remember? The mystery is this. What? Does anyone remember? Christ in you, right? The hope of glory. Christ in you. The beauty of that is it's not Christ and me, it's Christ in me. When you understand that your life is, Scripture tells us, hidden in Christ. That it's not Christ and you, it's not a a parallel relationship, because parallel never meets, but no, it's a oneness with God. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this mystery, Christ in you, Paul says that we are stewards of this mystery. The word stewards means this. It means exercise of the power and resources. A steward exercises the power and resources or responsibilities given him with the interests and mindsets of the owner at heart 
and in focus. So the interest of the owner, the owner obviously being God in this scenario. When we look at stewardship, we know that the interest of the boss, the interest of daddy, the interest of our God, that we conduct ourselves according to God's interest. We have been given this wonderful, amazing opportunity to be stewards of the mystery of God which is Christ in you, that he's given us this awesome opportunity to walk in this. Jesus notes, um, I believe it's in Luke 12, I think somewhere in Luke 11 or Luke 12, and he talks about that the faithful and wise, and here's that word again, stewards are known by their obedience and known by their faithfulness. And we understand that when we read some of Paul's writings, and a lot of these writings that Paul writes later on are known as conduct scriptures, that this is what a Christian does. This is how a Christian lives. This is how we conduct ourselves. But we have to understand that those conduct scriptures are written in light of identity. The conduct scriptures are written in light of the mystery, Christ in you. So when you get that, that the reason Paul says this is how you should live, we read in like in Ephesians 4 or we read in Ephesians uh, 6 and it talks about lifestyle and the way that we live. Um, It's in light of Christ in you. That's so important because when we understand Christ in you, that it's God, Jesus represents grace and grace is not just a covering or a doing away with or a forgiveness of sin, but actually if you look at that definition, it's the, it's the divine, obviously God, the divine influence on the heart. So grace is that God influences your heart. That's grace. And so when grace influences your heart, it causes you to live a certain way. And so we've been given stewardship of this mystery, Christ in you, known by our obedience. I don't obey and so that I'll get, you know, it's like I'm scared to... Have you ever been the kid that brought home the Fs? Anybody? Who's going to admit it? <laughs> I was always that kid. Like, because I just, I don't know what it was in school. I didn't apply myself. I did really well, like, in tests and stuff like that. But I was always that kid. And so, really, in life, because of things in my life, I was always the one that's like, God is going to be mad. He's, he's going to, I'm going to bring home the F. And, and, you know, I've failed. I've messed up so many times. But the way God views you is, is based on the cross. God views you based on the very same way that he views Jesus. Because it's Christ in you and it's you in Christ. You've become one with him and God views you as such. And so in our obedience and that we conduct ourselves, we obey God, not so that God will be pleased with us. He's already pleased with us and that's why we obey him. You're accepted by God. You bringing home the A plus doesn't say, okay, good, now I accept you. You've crossed your T's, you've dotted your I's, you've got everything in line in your life. God says, now I accept you. Do you understand that when you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, take my heart, I give you my life. The blood of Christ has been applied to you. You are accepted in the beloved at that very moment. 
regardless of what you've done. That's why Jesus, when he was with the thief on the cross, who did nothing, there was no penance, he didn't get baptized, he didn't do anything. Jesus' response to him was, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's the acceptance of God, that God just accepts you. You come as you are, just as you are, and God accepts you. And the beauty of the work of Christ in you is then this process, this beautiful, sometimes painful, many times uncomfortable process begins in our lives that we stand, our spirits stand absolutely complete, but then we have our mind, don't we? Which is why scripture says the thing you have to renew every single day is your mind. Your thinking has to change every day. For what? To what? My thinking changes according to who I really am. It's like a matrix thing God's got going on. Really. Because our true identity is the cross, is Jesus. And so we are telling our mind. And how do we tell our mind? We tell our mind what the word says. The word goes in and it changes us. That's why scripture says it's the washing of the water of the word. So really, we're, we're brainwashed, really. <laughs> really. Because it's the washing of the water of the word. It washes our minds. That's why, you know, there's something called brain mapping. And that is this, that, that because of lifestyle, because of things in your life, we don't have time to go into that. We did a teaching on that once before. Do you remember? The determinisms, it was called. There's genetic determinism, that it's in your genes, and so that's why you act that way. There's these different determinisms. You're, you're a product of your environment, so that's why you act this way, right? And so what we understand is that uh, we're new. Our determinisms change because this mystery, Christ in me. Christ in me changes everything. Christ in you changes everything, right? So it doesn't have to be any longer, well, this has always been in my bloodline. See, your bloodline is changed because of the cross. That's why usually like alcoholics, it runs in the family. Usually somewhere down the road, someone was an alcoholic. And it's, it's reproduced. It's in the genes, so to speak. But what happens is in Christ's determinism says that I'm changed and I'm brand new and that cycle is broken because of the cross. I stand complete in Christ. Someone needs to hear this tonight. So because I stand complete in Christ, now I've got this thing, the mind, or that soulish realm to deal with. Which is why, what did Paul say? He says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Your spirits are saved, but your mind has to go through the process of change. And that's so important because scripture tells us that as a man thinks, what? So is he. If you think a certain way and you continue to think in bad cycles, then those bad cycles are going to produce in your life. But if you think according to God's word, if your mind changes and your mind is washed by the word, then you'll think according to the word. And so what I said in the beginning, this brain mapping thing, that it's why we continue in the cycles that we continue in, folks. This is for someone particular tonight. I don't know who, but it is. 
Because you keep finding yourself going back to the same stuff, the same cycles, the same habits, the same stuff. And it's, it's been scientifically proven that there's this thing in our minds called brain mapping. And there's these brain waves that go through our mind. And, and because of things that have been in our lives or things that um, outside influences has caused us to continue to think a certain way, think a certain way, think, think a certain way. Well, through the word going inside and actually through praying in the spirit as well. It changes those mappings in our brain. If you, if you haven't been filled with the Spirit and you're able to speak in tongues, but if you can, Scripture tells us, and it's been even proven, if you pray in the Spirit, it changes the way you think. If you've not tried it, if you've, you're dealing with oppression, you're dealing with heaviness, you begin to pray in the Spirit, something changes. You're thinking a way you're not supposed to think and you start to pray in the Spirit, pretty soon you'll think differently. It empowers you. That's why Jude says you build yourself up in your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Spirit. I didn't plan on talking about this. Listen, but we are stewards of the mystery, which is Christ in you. Thank God for this identity. And we've so got to get this. We've got to understand who we are. We've got to be minds made up, resolute, about this. Resolute. Philippians chapter 3. Is everybody okay? <sighs> nice weather we're having. Yes? Everyone enjoying? A part of, of changing the way that we think, understanding Christ in me, we've got to get this grace thing. We've got to get this grace thing. And what grace truly is, the true teaching of grace which is God's influence in my life. Grace is the covering, the forgiveness, unmerited favor, but it's his influence. It's divine influence. Please get a concordance, look it up. It's divine influence. 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 God influences my life. That's his grace, and I act differently. That's the definition of grace. But we've got to understand this. We've got to get this. It's so important that we understand this. Philippians chapter 3. Let's just start. um, Let's see. What things were gained to me, verse 7. These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, as dung, as poopy, that I may... Poopy. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, I said poopy. That I may gain Christ. So that's what rubbish means, really. Crap. Poopy. Sorry. And it says, and here it is. Here's that mystery. Here's the mystery that you're a steward of. Here's the mystery that you have a responsibility. Right? It's stewardship right here. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Because my righteousness, according to Paul, is what? It's as filthy rags, and we won't go into that definition, but check it out sometime, because you might be surprised at what that means. 
That's what my righteousness is, and it's not from me. But the righteousness from God is that exchange that's taken place. That I may know him, that I may know him. This is what our stewardship, this is a responsibility. God, I want to know you. You've been given the the, the stewardship, the ownership, responsibility of the mystery of Christ in you. My objective is this, that I may know you. That I am purposed to be a laid down lover. That, That God, you can love me more in a moment than other lovers could in a lifetime. I'm purposed to lay my life down. My objective, number one, is to know God. To know him. Not just know about him, but to know him, to know what the love of God is, to know his affections for me. And, and, you know, knowing God is experiencing him. It's intended to be an experiential thing that you experience him, that you experience the invasive hug of the Holy Spirit. Invasive hug. (laughs) You ever feel like people are in your business? You ever feel like people, you, ever, you, you have like a space where you're like, once you get too close within that. I'm a hugger. I hug. I just like to hug. Holy Spirit likes to hug. And it's invasive. In our objective, God, I want to know you. Whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. God, I have to know you. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Not just having a form of godliness and denying the power because there's this, that word there, dunamis, which is power. There's this dunamis aspect to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Where is this power? Where's the power that the church needs? Where's the power? We want to see power. Where is it? Well, if it's the power of his resurrection, according to scripture, when we understand identity, that's why we got to get this. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells somewhere in the atmosphere. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, what? Dwells. In me. <laughs> the same spirit, that resurrection, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection, that I may know the power of your resurrection that's right here. God, send your power. No, God, release your power because it's right here. That's why you are able, you are able, you are qualified, you can lay hands on the sick. And watch them recover. That was fun. Yeah, just receive it. Actually, receive it. <laughs> you can't do anything about it. about it. And the power of your resurrection. God, that's so good. power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. The mystery, part of the mystery that 
Paul spoke of Christ in me. The reason that Christ in me is, is, is so um, pertinent to living the way that we live is because Paul said something that's so profound. And we breeze over these scriptures. And I know we've talked about this a lot, but Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. So to know him according to his death and his suffering is this, that Christ suffered once for all, that was my suffering. Because Jesus paid a price that I could never pay, and the debt that I owed, he paid, that means that that was the price that I paid on the cross. Has to be, because Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. Here's that mystery again. But what? But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live by faith. God, that's so good. Christ in you. The hope. that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Lay hold of that. Get it. That's what that means. That I may get this. That I get this. That this becomes revelation. That I may lay hold. This is revelation to me. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I do not count myself to have already apprehended, but one thing I do. One thing I do. This is so pertinent to your stewardship. If you're going to be a good steward of the mystery, which is Christ in you, this is vital. This next scripture is so vital to you being a good steward. Ready? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are behead. Behead. <laughs> Burr. That are behead. <laughs> that word forget really means neglect. 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 The longer you ignore something, the less power that it has over you. It's true. Pretty soon you'll be detoxed from yourself. It's painful for a minute because those withdrawals are so strong because you're so used to making yourself happy. There's joy, unspeakable and full of glory. But I don't do everything to please myself or to make myself feel good. So neglecting those things which are behind is a process. Because there is like a detox that takes place. There are withdrawals, you know. When you're so used to giving yourself what you want. I'm going to forget those things which are behind. Because I have the power of God inside of me to do that. I'm going to forget those things which are behind because those things which are behind really don't even exist anymore. Wow. How crazy is that? Those things which are behind, it's like they never happen. 
That's the power of the cross. Those things from yesterday, it's like they never happened. Listen, who cares what everyone else remembers when Jesus says, and I'll remember them no more? (laughs) That's what matters. As far as the east is from the west, he says. See, that's why, you know, when you're, your purpose to, because it is a body, and I'm going somewhere, because it is a body, and we're, we need each other. Do you ever say, boy, it'd be easier if I didn't? Anyone? Because you know how we all can be sometimes. Really? No, really. Let alone when you have to, you know, oh, oh, oh dear Jesus. But it really wouldn't be easier. Because we need each other. We especially need each other when we're detoxing. (laughs) We especially need someone to go through it with us when we're trying to forget those things which are behind. The problem is, is when we're trying to forget those things which are behind, which is a process, other people, believers, are sure to remind us of the things that we're trying to forget. This is key to your being a good steward is letting go, neglecting those things which are behind. And the longer that you neglect those things from yesterday that used to define you, pretty soon they will have no hold on you anymore. They don't anyway, but you've got to change your mind. And you might need some stuff broke off of you. And you might need some, some deliverance. You might need to go through some, you know, freedom sessions with Jesus. But that stuff does not have to affect you anymore. Forgetting those things which are behind. Neglect it. The worst thing that you could do to something that you're trying to kill is to feed it. Right? If you're feeding the stuff from yesterday, if you continue to feed it, guess what? It's just going to be stronger. I don't know why I can't get free. Well, are you feeding it? I don't know why I can't walk away from the stuff of yesterday. It's because you just fed it a full course meal. Four, full, full course? Four course. Four course. Full course. Full, four, 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 four course, four course, four course meal. Really? Is it four course? Full course meal. Four. You know this is really going to bother me, four course. Can someone Google it? I'm just kidding. Full course meal. Four. Full. Four, full, full, four. I have to know. Full, four. Okay, so the reason that that stuff, Jesus forgave me, I know it's gone, I know it's gone. And the reason that it probably keeps popping up is because you're feeding it. And so you have to starve it, really. Neglect those things, that's what he's saying. Quit feeding it. What things? What things are yesterday? I don't know, you know. What things used to define you, used to get you? Paul calls it the sin that so easily besets you. That's what he calls it. I don't know. 
You know what it is. Starve it to death. By feasting, you know how you starve? The beauty of starving your past is you don't starve your present. You starve your past. You don't feed it, but you, you get so full of goodness. You get so full of God. You know. Reminds me of really what's taking place, and we're watching it happen like with, with our dear friend Ryan Sunday morning. You know, made no sense in the natural. That was just crazy stuff, really. But so full of God, and he's just been feasting on the love of God. Really, it's been like a love feast. He's been feasting on the love of God, the presence of God, and just he's just talking to me about all these books that he's reading, all this stuff that God is doing in his life, and he's feasting on it. And the more full that he's getting on God's stuff, the more that that stuff from yesterday is starving to death. That's why Paul says neglect. You can. Paul, God would not tell us to do something that we didn't have the power to do. He believes in me definitely more than you do and more than I do. God believes in you. Isn't it amazing and beautiful? I don't know if you've been that person, but I have. To feel no one gets me. No one gets it. No one gets how hard this is. No one gets me. What a beautiful thing to know that there's a God who gets you. He gets you. He gets you. Right where you're at, he gets you. He understands why you struggle with what you struggle with. He gets you. And he loves you in spite of yourself. Neglect those things which are behind. And I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Neglecting those things which are behind. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it pretty soon. You know, I neglect. We're purposed in this thing. Quit waiting for God to do something that he already did. Because we said this Sunday, the good news. Let me just say that again, because I don't think that's always presented that way. The good news. It's the good news. Do you understand that? It's the good news of the gospel. It's good news. It's joyful presentation. That's what it means. It's a presentation that's filled with joy. The good news of the gospel is not that God wants to. It's not even that God can, but it's that God did. The good news is that Jesus did it. Jesus did it. God can't do. He can if he wants to, but God will not do. One more thing concerning the devil. He already did it. He said it's finished. He's defeated. He's barking, and the only authority the enemy has is the authority that you and I give him. That's it. That's it. Same thing with your past. So he's empowered us to neglect and to let go of the things from yesterday. How many have, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just got some, some stuff that's just not so good, you know what I'm saying, from yesterday. Has anybody else got stuff that's not good from yesterday? The rest of you that didn't raise your hand, talk to me after because I want to know how you did it. You just, just like, wow, that's amazing that you guys didn't have anything from yesterday. For those of you that do have... We pray the Holy Spirit has ministered to your heart. 
Thanks again for listening. For more information on our ministry, visit us at ExtremeEncounter.org.